Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I've been down, down, down. I'm turning around, round, round, building from the ground, ground, ground. You set me free. And I'm burning, ripping, tearing. And welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Save Me by Lindsay. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello. Hello. Um, what's your name again? Nicole? Carl and N- Greg. 
Yeah, Carl and Greg. Hello, Carl and Greg. <laughs> so, uh, cool track, kind of Gaga-ish, right? I would have thought Is more Taylor. I saw. I heard Taylor yeah. Swift. So what? if she doesn't I, say, I heard Taylor- more like effervescence and like yeah. more of that gothic, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Drug it was rock a little bit. No. Well, I guess we'll have to take bets to see who wins on uh, later in the episode when we ask her the questions of the week. I'm going to coin a new for, a new term, Gaga ith. Gaga ith. Goth. Gaga. Well, whatever. Gothic. 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 There we go. Gothic. That's cool. Let's do it that way. You know, it's funny. Last week you said something, um, yacht rock, right? I never heard that before. And oh, then yeah, I, I heard it the other deal. day. The other day, someone <laughs> on, on some TV show where they said, oh, right. what are you playing, yacht rock? What is yacht rock? I don't get that. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, late 70s, mid 80s uh, kind of West Coast pop rock. Give me a band. Give me, give me one band. Here. Player, okay. Remember the band Player? Uh, I got gotcha. you. Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. Uh, his up tempo stuff is considered to be kind of yacht rockish. Uh, so why yacht? Yeah, like meaning like high class, like you know yuppie kind of people. Like yeah, exactly. So uh, you know, in the eighties, people used to like snort cocaine and cavort on uh, yachts. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> gotcha. Listen to bad pop rock music, evidently. All right. So okay. So yeah, but no, I liked it. You know, you know, kind of intense, don't you think? The yeah. song, yeah. Lin- Lindsay, right? Yeah. yeah. She's like, she's intense. She so. is. And I think you're right, Nicole. I think if we don't hear as an influence, uh, uh, Oak Taylor there, then we probably are way off the mark. But it would be nice to think that uh, it's a little darker than Taylor, and so maybe it's gothic. Or, I mean, I could hear what Carl was saying with the Evanescence because, like, they were just like a powerhouse back in the early 2000s. So yeah. maybe that's yeah. where she's picking it up from. But I heard yeah. Taylor. So, but, but speaking of Taylor, her Eros tour started last week. So, what is that? What is that thing where she jumped? I saw one clip where she jumps into a pool and then you see no, a video she of her dives swimming? under stage and then the graphics of it is like she's uh, swimming up stage to I guess the next era that she's going to. And she gets to it. And she what? And then then she comes up again and, and, and you know. And no, the then other. she comes out on a cloud. Is the news feed of your social networks inundated with every fourth or fifth post? Is Taylor Swift? Is just, that happening just, to you? Just TikTok. I haven't really seen it on Instagram, on and I haven't Facebook. seen it on it's, Facebook. It's happening no, on Instagram and on the Facebook. only one. Only thing I get is Beatles and puppies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would much prefer that, but my my Facebook was has been completely taken over on this suggest suggested for you posts, which are destroying my experience anyway. Uh, it's completely exp- taken I, over. What, what, what a ridiculous thing to say! What your Facebook experience? Like, yes. what, what are you? eleven? Like, you know, I, well, no, they're, they're ruining I, my I Facebook cu- experience. You know, you know this about me. I curated. I finally crafted what I saw inside my Facebook feed for many years, and I wouldn't like anything, or I wouldn't spend more than fifteen seconds looking at something because I didn't want to see all the crap. Well, now it's all crap, and I. There's absolutely nothing I could have done about it. Well, 
to me, it's always been all crap. So I just, just, just let, <laughs> right, it, be, right. let so, it be. I guess, Greg, did someone in your presence over the last week or so say the word Taylor Swift? I Yeah, you know, I here's what I'm thinking. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. Somebody that's out there that's listening that might understand more about the algorithms than I do. But what I'm seeing is... Because Taylor is so omnipresent everywhere, I'm seeing other groups take her picture and place her picture on their page as if she were, you know, as as if she were part of their brand story. And what I think is happening is that I think the algorithm is basically just like feeding Taylor Swift's image to everybody. So I think their audience increases when they put Taylor Swift's image inside their post. And it's just... I think, Wolf One, I think right now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deem the most misunderstood and overused word of, of, of the year is algorithm. Yes. I don't think right, anyone knows right, what they're, I don't think they're, they're talking ahead of time. Like, but these algorithms, like we're saying, like, algorithms as if they can do anything. Like, you know, my friend we'll has just, cancer, well, but they we'll got the, the algorithm it, to cure cancer. You know? We'll just call it the monkey business of social networks because that's what it is. I, I, I don't mean, know what you got. You know, I haven't heard anything from Taylor Swift. I just keep scrolling. I stop at what I like. What's the big deal? I don't know what you now guys Now, when are. you stop at what you like, that's, that's part of the problem. So, at least on Facebook... When you stop on a particular post, well, I don't, I don't, don't, I don't scroll it. Facebook. I, I, I'm a TikToker. I like TikTok. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I need. I guess I need to just get off Facebook because it's just been decimated by this suggested for you crap. What's happening though is it's suggested for you because of the fact that she is so popular on social networks right now. Because right. of the tour, because everyone and their mother who's going to these, you know, 60,000 people plus things are posting about it. So it's making that content more popular because of how and many people don't you are, think, are doing it. Don't you think they're also purchasing that? Those I think, you know here? what I think? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's yeah. all a lie. I don't think she sold more than five tickets. I, I think she's like, I think Taylor Swift maybe has sold maybe 10 records in a lifetime and maybe has has seen, maybe she can get like 20 people to come to a show. I think it's all of these. I think, she, I think just, she's a bot. Didn't she just win AI. like the iHeart Music Award, like entertainer of the year or something like that? I think just it was even, last night. Just even that, like iHeart. What kind of name is iHeart? Like, come on, <laughs> shut up. Like, we're clear channel. You know, we're just living in like icons and like you know, <laughs> and emojis. You know, like, come that's on. Why I still watch, you know, the Partridge Family and go to bed right. at ten o'clock. That's give what, me that's, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. You know, I, there's one channel I when I turn on my TV. I have YouTube TV. I don't know. What, I'm stuck on this channel where it seems like it's the Dick Van Dyke Show channel. Every time I turn it on, <laughs> it's the Dick. It's the Dick Van Dyke Show. You know, like I really. Oh, yeah, when like he falls a, over that AM, ottoman, I just like um, I can't. AMC Classics or something like I know, that. It's like some weird, like I don't know what it is, but it's like whenever I turn the YouTube computer TV channel on, it's like Dick Van Dyke Show. Or, yeah, I'm watching the Dick. I'm gonna go back. Dick Van Dyke show. Andy Griffith, my mother, my mother, the car, uh, family affair, 
Anything, <laughs> I, I watch nothing that's in color. Uh, exactly. And, and, you know, Carl, you used to complain about me on that. And I'm with you, man. You used man. to say, you know, you live in the retro world and I'm all that I'm joining stuff. the retro, baby. Thank you. Thank Honestly, you the retro world was better than what television and entertainment is now. So I could see why you gravitate towards it. I heard like I, I I don't know I've heard about this I haven't played it but Roger Waters just re-recorded the whole Dark Side of the Moon album on his own. Wow, really? And and supposedly Nick Mason, the drummer in the band, said he wanted yeah. to hate it, and he said it was kind of great. <laughs> so. Wow, that's interesting. That's such an iconic record that it's interesting. That, I mean, it, it it should not be sacrosanct. I mean, people get to re-record albums all they like, but. Yeah, but it's it's what it is. Why you know? It's like someone like so. Paul McCartney's going to remake Abbey Road on his own today with new technology. Yeah, but I, I don't have, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I mean, how many times have movies been remade and sometimes improved? You know, I mean, it's different. Why is it or, different? Or how many times have movies been remade into musicals and not been great? Because that has happened. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have movies been made and haven't been great? I think more times I have, than not. Well, I, I have friends that would tell you that there was never been a, there's never been a musical made that was worth its. Uh, Me, I'm, I'm with you. You know what? Yeah. You, know, you, know, you know what's the best musical, to, in my opinion, in my limited view, The Wizard of Oz. That's technically not a musical, though. That's a, mu- a musical. That is a musical. No. Come on. No, it's not a musical. They, I'm you sorry. You literally that have is... just, like, somewhere over the rainbow. And... Baloney. No, I mean, there's that. You don't know what you're talking about. If I only had a brain. That is a musical. That's as much of a musical as Sound of Music, in my opinion. I'm sorry. I disagree. Well, what do you know? What do I know? Oh. Best musical of all time, Wizard of Oz. Then you might as well add Wicked to that, too, since that's no, within Wicked, the Wizard no, of no. Oz family. No, that stinks. Wizard is, Wicked is stupid. The Wiz is stupid. Wicked They're is all not stupid. stupid. <laughs> actually, I will go against you and say Wicked is actually the best musical uh, of all time. Oh, oh no. I, I, I think quite that, liked it. That's going to be the uh, end of this of this podcast. That's what, <laughs> what I'm not looking forward to, though, is the new movie that's coming out that they're making Wicked into. That I'm not looking forward to. That will probably be terrible. Yeah, yeah just, just like, like Rent was and things. just like all the other ones were. That you can't I've make them into a movie. I've always been a huge fan. Always been a huge fan of musical theater. I, I've loved it since I was a it's kid. It's the worst and, genre you know, of music there no, is. No, it's not. Finian's, Finian's Rainbow and and Carousel and, Music Man, you know, and 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 Pippin. I mean, you name it, I love it. I bet if they made a musical about the Beatles, though, you'd love that. Baloney, they made Beatlemania. It was horrible. <laughs> I go down to the street. Come here, come here now. Come here about, now, my friend. Or, how about the time-honored Sergeant Pepper's movie that was Ugh. made into a musical? It ruined well, Peter Frampton. It ruined Peter Frampton's career. That was pretty <laughs> horrific. It really was. <laughs> I actually quite liked, I loved actually, I love Tommy. The movie with uh, Roger Daltrey and Elton John and Tina Turner. I'm trying to think of the director's name, uh, but it's extraordinary. Ro- uh, Robert Reed, is that his name? Not Robert Reed. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Al- Oliver, Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed. 
What's his name, Carl? Ken something Russell. that directed it. Russell. Ken Russell, exactly. Oh, yeah, the whole Amazing. beans. I think the whole beans scene with uh, the beans and Anne Margaret was like incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could watch that every day of my life. You know, yeah, and, and, and Roger Dolce was the, the, the quintessential pop star with the blonde. He was, yeah, it was great, man. Yeah, that was, was an a, amazing movie, actually. And it was I a great, think it's not it a great album. It's, due. it's an amazing album. I listen to the album regularly. Well, Townsend, uh, yeah, Townsend is like, he's up there. I think he's one of the top what'd you five. Think of the, uh, what'd you think of the film version of Quadrophenia? I don't even know what you're talking about. Quadrophenia was kind of Townsend's follow-up to Tommy. It was really, it's an amazing record. Uh, Love and they made me, a right. film in that was that the late 80s they made this film? I don't know. It's got Sting in it. and Right, right. Uh, it, qu- quite interesting. I mean, I thought, I, I thought it was really cool. Talking about bands and films, I watched the Bono and the Edge thing, and... Well, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know they were so friendly with David Letterman. When did that happen? I don't even know. That was interesting to me, and that um, was even kind of bizarre because to me, it, like, it made it, it made it kind of weird. Because like, I don't, I don't connect David Letterman as a hip guy with the U two. You know, I, you know. Well, and his like stalking about uh, Ireland too, like going up to people and going on tours. It was just it was a little odd in terms of like figuring out where they were kind of headed with this documentary, like with him doing those side things. I don't get it. I, I saw the trailer. I would not re-up my uh, membership to whatever it was. Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Yeah. Right. I saw the trailer, and that was basically all I needed to see. I I, I assumed well, no, the music I, I, was no, good. The music was cool. There was there were scenes where like um, they had just Bono and the, and the Edge was playing the guitar, and there's cool cello player, and there's cool arrangements of some of their classic songs that were pretty interesting, and I thought that was kind of cool. And also, I found that the Edge, you know, wrote more of this stuff than I realized. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he, he like kind of wrote the, a lot of these things. You know, you know. Um, yeah, I thought it was well, cool. Well, I, I needed to watch it because I made some disparaging remarks about the Edge uh, in a previous. Yeah, you uh, were episode, wrong. You were totally so. wrong. So I, I may still, you know, I may still amend my opinion, but you know what? For the most part, I always thought that Bono was you too. Well, you're wrong. Yeah, but, but that's but actually the, what the documentary <laughs> kind of shows. But the, but, the, but the thing that's kind of weird is about this is this is the world we live in. You know, people say they hate you two now. They stink to this and that. And some people think they're the best band that happened in, since the '80s. You know, they're and then there are people who watch the Get Back thing and think the Beatles suck or they're great. So like, you know, everyone's got an opinion. You know, right. shut up. It's all who cares. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't, and that's it. Why? Why, <laughs> why must we have a opinions about stuff all the time when they came out they were uh such a phenomenon that they were really i I think kind of transformative and people were going to see them in these huge concert settings because the talk was that this show was spiritual the talk was and of course there was always this underlying narrative of they're christian and so that, I think, fueled a certain amount of the fire. But when you saw Bono live in the late 80s and early 90s at the height of his powers, the only word I can come up with is messianic. He was absolutely, you could not take your eyes off this guy. And he would do things like, I even read a book one time where they were talking about the very early shows before they were well-known. He would do things like 
he would be in a trance-like state performing and he would climb to the top of the speaker stack you know and he would be 60 or 80 feet above the crowd and doing his lead vocal so it was really they were really kind of a phenomenon back in the day. Let's play another song from Lindsay called Don't Let Them In. But before we listen to that, let's hear from her management company, which is Core PR. This episode features an artist from Core Public Relations. Core Public Relations is a Los Angeles and Nashville-based public relations and marketing firm. They represent clients working in entertainment, health and wellness, politics, and fashion. With social media strategies as well as tried and true public relations tactics, they consistently deliver powerful and effective campaigns to ensure client success. To learn more, go to corepr.com. That is K-O-R-E-P-R.com. the Taylor Swift in that one. So actually, I heard more Paramore in that. <sighs> I know. <laughs> we we, we don't know anything, man. Really? Oh, okay. Well, we'll see about that. I think we need to talk to her and see what she thinks it is, because we, we don't know. We do. So. No, I, no, I agree. I agree with that. I, I heard Paramore, too. Uh, and this reminded me, I also heard a little, at the beginning, a little hardish stuff. Uh, and this reminds me, I have been sending this link around to people for the last two weeks was completely blown away by it if you never heard heart the band heart at the height of their powers 
there's a video out there on YouTube. It's called Heart Live at KWSU TV Studio. A show called The Second Ending, and it's 1976. And this thing is mind-blowing. It is really well, well, she, super Well, cool, she so. was amazing. Ann Wilson was amazing. Oh, both. I mean, the, the whole band is, was just mind-blowing in 1976. A few years back, maybe maybe 2005, so a little while ago, but they had Zeppelin at the uh, Kennedy Center Honors. And they had, oh yeah, and she sang she, one of the tunes. She sang "Stairway to Heaven" with the sister. It was, yeah. it was. And they had this orchestra and his choir. Yeah. It, it was intense. Yeah. You saw, like even yeah. even Plant like got a teary eyed. It was like it was like so like incredible. And her voice was like she sang it like Plant could never have sung it. You know what I mean? She's got she's got perfect pitch. And I mean, still I've now, and she's that. sixty yeah. and she can still do it. So I, you know, yeah, yeah, she's she's great. But what I was really into on this video is the idea that, you know, those those uh, guitar solos, the layered guitars on the first four albums are like, they're pretty landmark, right? So uh, when you see this, when you see this live, they were playing this stuff note for note live, and it has a different tone and a different uh, kind of approach. Barracuda. But they were, they were just <laughs> slaying it. What's that? Barracuda. <laughs> oh, oh man, I, I I love it. I'm a sucker for it. So, and that that track kind of reminded me of it. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll uh, take a listen to that. Well, see, we'll link it in the show doing. notes at the end of the episode. We did talk to Lindsay, and she answered our questions of the week. So the first question that we asked Lindsay is to tell us a little bit about herself. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. I'm Lindsay. I was born and raised in Southeast Texas near the Gulf, and I moved to Nashville about a little over a year ago. I've officially been doing music for about a year and a half now, but honestly, I can't remember a time when I wasn't writing poems and sketching on my notebook. Music has always been an escape for me, a place where I can sing the things that are hard for me to say. Recently, I released my first single called Save Me. It's the first of five singles and a project I like to call Out of the Ashes. It tells the story of how I overcame my demons I struggled with for so long. I battled with depression for most of my life, and at one point it was at its darkest it had ever been. I was really struggling, and I didn't know how to ask for help. So I turned to my journal, and I started writing. And that's how my first single, Save Me, was created. It was my cry for help when I didn't have the strength to say, I need help. God saved my life, and he gives me the strength every day to wake up and fight back against those lies in my head, because now I know truth. I hope that by talking about my own personal journey through overcoming my own demons, I can help others know that it's never too late to stand up and fight back. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You may only see a spark, but all you need is a spark to ignite the flames. Well, that adds a whole new layer to what that's... Well, that's I know. Cool. That's kind of intense. Yeah. Good for her. I know, very intense, uh, but... A really healthy outlook, and her music could be a refuge for people, uh, a resource-based refuge. That's Who, that's a very cool yeah. um, little mission to have there. As you're helping yourself, you're helping others. Well, and it, it sounds like, too, she's got a lot, like, a good head on her shoulders because she sounds young. So, like, to, like, have that 
perspective right. that like her art can also be her therapy in 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 a way and also potentially help others i mean that that's light years ahead of probably where her peers are well she sounds like a very insightful intuitive young girl I yeah guess, and she probably just sensed as it, they yeah. uh as they say in uh my little trade uh you have to give it away to keep it mm-hmm well, are you ready to see who wins the next question? Because I am. Uh, all right, let's see. <laughs> so let's see what she said about what music artists have influenced her career so far. I would say musically, my biggest influences are Evanescence, Avril Lavigne, Flyleaf, Paramore, and some Imagine Dragons. I listen to these bands at different stages in my life, and I've always loved the idea of taking cinematic pieces and innovative sound with the heavy drums and guitars from rock and blending them together to make my own sound. Not having to pick a certain lane, but pulling inspiration from all different kinds of music that I loved and that I grew up listening to. Creating more than a song. Creating an experience. Songs that when you listen to them, you feel like you got transported inside them. Surrounded by the song, with the music, and lost in the story it's telling. That's the kind of music that inspires me, and that's the kind of music I hope to make, and hopefully I am making. Well, Carl, it pains things, me. Two, two um, things, two things. Well, you're right. One is that she seems like a real sensitive and artsy young girl. I, I like that about her, so I like her. And secondly, I win. That's what I was going to say. It pains me to say <laughs> you win. Because no Taylor Swift, you know, Paramore was an afterthought for her and for you, Greg. I nailed it right off the bat. You I said, did. In essence, and that was her first choice. So, All right. ladies and, well, ladies and gentlemen, for this episode. I win. <laughs> but I think you kind of, when you first mentioned it, you mispronounced it, and then Nicole had to Correction. Effervescence. Yeah. Who cares? We go back and edit, edit it out. No, don't edit it. You did have the right. Yeah. You did. Effervescence. Have the right Effervescence, effervescence. No, is evanescence. it's not effervescence. It's Effer- not polygrip. Polygrip. <laughs> not polydent. No. Effervescence. Ephraim Zimblis Jr. <laughs> Ephraim Zimblis Jr. There you go. There's a there's a reference to look up. Why do we even have this podcast? What, what are we even talking? I don't know. We're it- trying to promote artists and music that right. otherwise people might not discover. And That's it's also my doing. favorite thing to do each week, regardless of what you two knuckleheads So basically, saying. like, if, to all the artists out there, that, people that, listening, so the music is, is, is what's sad, important. Nicole. The music <laughs> the music is the what's most important. The artists are what's mo- most important. And we're just like this yes. afterthought that you can take or leave it because we're just filling up the space in between songs. Anyway... So didn't we ask you something else? We did. She answered our new favorite question, Greg. So if there, what is one service right now that's not offered for independent music artists? Most independent artists have to bootstrap like many entrepreneurs have to do in the beginning. So when you ask this question, the first thing that comes to mind is a way to alleviate some of that financial stress that goes into building an artist brand. The investment it takes to build a brand is pretty substantial when you take into account recurring marketing expenses, production costs, equipment for live shows. I think one solution to help alleviate some of that financial burden could be a platform for angel investors to invest specifically into independent artists. I could see it being a similar setup to GoFundMe meets Patreon. TikTok is a perfect case study. It supports the fact that there are a lot of people in the world who have this kind of mentality when it comes to generosity and support. 
Interestingly enough, I think that you may find in the not-so-distant future, you might find venture capitalists, angel investors, having a, a role to play in something as ubiquitous as Spotify or something as ubiquitous as um, YouTube on YouTube channels where people could actually speculate what was getting traction and what was getting audience and you could actually support it with venture capital. I don't like those names. I'm afraid to bet I don't like those titles. I don't like venture capitalists. I don't like angel investors. I want to just call them jerks with money. You know, and that's basically what they are. Just jerks with money. You don't know what to do with it. J- the they, JWMs. Right, JWMs. Jerks with money. have nothing better to do with it. And, and they, because nobody knows. Nobody knows. Well, I mean, you would think that Spotify would try to tell you that they do know what's trending. They do know what's going to be successful. They only know that because so, of their algorithms. But I'm going to put ah! a, I'm going to put an ad in the paper, you know, independent artists looking with looking for jerks with money, you know? <laughs> to like to like to like add to my algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, like you know, JWN baby. Oh, jerks with money and algorithms. Like, so maybe see, you take the algorithm to find jerks you, with money. And then you get to jerk with money, and then like, ah, I don't know, man. What are we doing? What's happening to the world? Yeah, I don't, You know what? What's interesting is that the jerks with money, sometimes they will for, uh, I don't know, maybe to bolster their image or whatever the case may be. Sometimes they pay for stuff, and they very rarely try to claw their money back if you lose it. So... They do serve a purpose, right? Well, of course they do, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just like, uh, you know, all I know is nobody knows anything. This show needs some jerks with money. Nah, I don't want. I, you know, th- th- that's a problem with the world. That there's too many jerks with money spending on the wrong stuff. <laughs> another thing too, another thing too is like, you know what I, I don't like about jerks with money. Just because people make money doing one thing, then they think they're smart. Like, you know, Elon Musk now, because he made money doing one thing, or, or, or Bill Gates, or, or Jeff, you know, Bezos, because you make some money doing something, then all of a sudden you're smart, you can do stuff. It doesn't mean you're smart. Since when does making money have to do anything between smart? I'm looking, I'm looking for people that are smart enough to send me a check. Why? Because I need money. No. <laughs> I need money to help promote the discovery of these artists. Look at all the spiritual people like Dalai Lama. Is he is he he's not a billionaire, right? Oh, uh, he's he's content in other ways. I think it's about time to get on out of this episode. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the 9420 podcast. Make sure that you go to our website for all of the links for everything we talked about in the show, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later.